God, and I love that we get to be together. Welcome, 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 everybody. And by the way, if you're brand new to the online, I'm glad to have you with us too. And if you haven't done so yet, share it. Uh, ask people to jump on. It's not too late. Uh, by the way, we really want to be a place that connects with you. We're living in a world today where we need connection I think more than ever. We've always needed it, but now more than ever, and we want to become your church family no matter where you are, and, and that can happen. And so the way that, that occurs is to having you come and join me at what's called First Step. Uh, first Step, I'm going to share with you very honestly, I mean really honestly, uh, about my life. Um, I want to give glory to God, but the thing is I'm a sinner, man. I, I was bad, I was on the other side, and God changed me. And I want to talk to you about that. I want to share that. Now that'll help you, uh, us connect together, better together. And matter of fact, <clears throat> what we're going to be talking about tonight is taking off masks and just being honest. So I'm going to take off the mask and just share with you honestly. And then I want to talk about how not only we could connect together, but more importantly, you could connect to God and connect to the church, this church, so it becomes your real church family. Uh, the last uh, next uh, first step class we had, Zach was on with us. Uh, Zach is a firefighter, but he didn't just watch himself. His whole firehouse watched, which I think is so cool. And I'm celebrating something else with Zach. Zach got baptized and he sent us the video of his baptism. So I want you to see, let's celebrate together with Zach as his wife baptizes him. <laughs> that cool or what? All right, I need a bunch of amens in the chat, a bunch of praise gods in the chat, uh, a bunch of go Zach, go Zach in the chat. And I'm so thrilled that he's part of our Crossroads family and he got to experience Jesus in such a powerful way. By the way, if you've never been baptized by your choice, knowing what you're doing, where you experience Jesus, you're buried with Christ, raised to walk in a new life, uh, text AMEN to 69922. Text AMEN to 69922. And, and we will get you a video and teaching on baptism. And then I'm going to ask you to do this. Uh, send us either a video or a picture of you being baptized so we can celebrate with you. And then no matter who else you are, go to First Step. Uh, and how do you do that? You go to Crossroads Church dot family crossroads start church dot family and we'll share together at next step our first step and we'll give you a shirt uh, everybody gets a shirt uh, who comes and these are really good and comfortable shirts and uh, the whole firehouse we offered them shoot shirts for being a part so bring friends uh, do it together invite people to do it with us uh, first step is a great place to connect together so we want you to do that a couple other thoughts before we dive in uh, we are going to, for the next period of time, uh, take Wednesday nights, this service, and make it a unique worship service from Sunday. And we're going to call it, in May anyway, Q&A in the month of May. You get to ask questions, and I'm going to try to answer them. Uh, I'm always going to answer from the Bible. But what I want to do is give you a chance to ask questions. I'm not going to know what they are ahead of time. Uh, because that's not fair. I, I want you to come. I want you to get your friends to come, people who are wondering about God can ask questions, and we're just going to wrestle through those together. So starting next Wednesday, we're going to do that. So Q&A in the month of May. And then the uh, week from Sunday is Mother's Day. And for all the moms out there, I, I'm excited for what we're going to do. We're going to have a very creative worship service uh, where we seek God, honor God, but also honor all the moms. My gift to the moms, all the moms, this is for you. I'm going to preach that message you always wanted me to tell your kids. I'm going to preach that message you wanted me to tell your husband. So some of the husbands are going, what? Well, let me tell you, I think it's going to be powerful, but, but it's the one. So if you're a mom, this is the moment. This is the time to leverage your motherhood here. You gave birth to those kids. They owe you. Uh, you know what? Your husband uh, maybe doesn't owe you, but no matter what, tell them this. Say, you know what? It's Mother's Day. It's my day. 
And, and so if never before, would you watch church with me? Even if you're not in that same social setting, let's do it at the same time. And, and I want to share that message you always wanted me to share with them. And, and plus we have creative things going on too. So Mother's Day is going to be fun, powerful, and we hope you're going to get all your family to be involved. Moms, we want it to be special. And that will make it extra special. So make sure and do that. Plus, we have a fun idea for how to do a Mother's Day picture, even though you may not be together. So we'll let you know about that on Mother's Day. So make sure you're a part of that. But let's pray and let's get ready to start. Father, I love that Zach is discovering how much you love him along with so many other people. And I pray, oh God, that tonight even we would understand how to live lives where we are in freedom and transformation. And uh, may we just be able, Lord, to live those and experience you that way. It's what we want. It's what we desire. It's what we're made for. So I pray that's what we're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a month ago, I wasn't thinking this way. But now I, like many of you, start asking this question, where's my mask? And so what happens is I've got all these masks now. And by the way, we probably are going to need them for a long period of time. I got one to match my plaid shirt and jeans. I have another one that's a denim mask uh, that actually is really, really comfortable too. And I love that baby. And then I've got the go-to bandana I got from Levi's. And then I got from Adidas, uh, this one here, uh, which I just love. Uh, and so uh, it's a way to to mask up. This is also one of my very favorite masks. Are you ready? It's the crossroads bling mask, you know, where I can represent the church. But now whenever we go out, man, I got to put on my mask. And I was talking to this big guy, big guy. And he said to me, it's the weirdest thing. He said, you know what? When people walk up and they're not wearing a mask, it freaks me out. And, and he said, it just, he gets so uncomfortable. And I think we all agree uh, that if I had walked in his store a month ago wearing this, he'd have been like, what are you doing? But now this is our, our new thing. We're wearing masks, we're wearing masks, we're wearing masks. And, and I want you to think about that because it may be that we've always seen the majority of people wearing masks hiding who they really are, not unveiling the truth. And, and by the way, uh, uh, even though I'm in, I got all my masks, overall masks are uncomfortable. Uh, they're irritating. Uh, I don't know how many of you are. Let me know what you think. But when I'm in the grocery store, man, I want to get out of there and get that mask off. And, and so, you know, I get, no matter even the thin ones are getting warm and hot. And, and then my face sometimes doesn't like it. And I won't get into the details of that. But, but we're living in a world today where, where I think we feel that way. And if some of you got to be with me on this, get ready. Uh, uh, let's just get real with each other. We can even disagree, but get ready. I think how many of you, let me know in the chat, are tired of being locked up and locked in? You're just done. You don't want this anymore. And, and, and we don't know when it's going to end. That's the hard part. And, and so, you know what? In this time, a, a lot of things that are going on, I feel like don't make sense. I feel like the rules often aren't clear. I, I feel like uh, when someone doesn't follow the rule the way I, I thought we were supposed to, uh, all of a sudden it, it seems odd, strange maybe even a little unsafe. Uh, and then, then today I heard, today I heard that we actually released sex offenders for their own protection. And we also at the same, the same time, we're warning a hairstylist, she may get cited and, and could face uh, even uh, a penalty. Is this weird? Anybody else in the chat, let me know. Let me know if you think, okay, come on, what's going on? What's going on? And so the world right now is not the world we thought it would be. And now we're even seeing some places are encouraging people to report other people for not obeying the rules of that particular county or place. And they're even putting out an app where it makes it easier for you to report people who are the rule breakers. And uh, I keep wondering, okay, what's going on? And how long can this go on? So let me tell you what we're about to dive into. We're about to dive into 2 Corinthians, which is an incredible letter in the Bible that talks about keeping it real. 
about how we need to be real. We need to be authentic. We need to be transparent. We don't want to put on masks. We don't want to put on a show. And, and let me tell you a couple people who may really get a lot out of what I'm going to talk about. Uh, if you are a, 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 maybe the man, you're a man who, who for a long time wanted nothing to do with Christianity because you saw it as nothing but a bunch of rules and those rules were meant to make sure you didn't have any fun. <laughs> Anybody else uh, think that way about that's what you know, Christians are just all these rules, 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 and, and it's no fun. Uh, by the way, some of you, if that's you, would you let us know who you are uh, in the chat and just get it out there. Say, man, that's how I, either I see Christianity. That's how I saw it. Well, I want you to discover the real Christianity tonight, and, and it's not focused on rules. This also, though, is for the Christian. Now, let's get honest here. Some of the Christians who are out there, you love the rules. And you actually, if you got real honest, you kind of, you veer into this thing called legalism. Uh, and, and you know all the rules. Everybody's got to obey. And, and you obey them. And if someone else doesn't obey them, you think they're bad. Uh, they're bad because they don't obey those rules. And you probably, even though you know there's things in the Bible, you add on to it. You've got your own certain set uh, of rules out there. And, and, and I get, just get real. You, if you got real honest, you say, I, I know I'd veer over there. And sometimes I think if I were living at the time of Christ, I'd be more comfortable with the Pharisees than the disciples. Because uh, Jesus got accused of breaking the rules all the time. The disciples got accused of breaking the rules all the time. And so what we're going to be talking about, and I want you to talk about, live on this with me right here, is, is I want to have you ask, where would God want you to be? Where would God want you living? And where would he want your focus to be? Would God, uh, is God all about the rules and making sure you obey those rules? Or is God about freedom? And he wants you to be free. He wants you to live in this freedom. And, and, and so I want to have you think about that. And where are you more comfortable? Uh, where are you more comfortable? Uh, are you more comfortable over here in the rules? And you want everybody else over there too? Uh, or is it the freedom? Is it the freedom? And so here's the thing I want you to think about. The rules and legalism can be so closely linked together. But freedom and grace. Grace is too. And uh, that grace is amazing. And so we're going to be looking at that. Now, as we get ready to dive into 2 Corinthians, what I got to do is take you all the way back in biblical history and earthly real history, world history, because the Bible's real history. And, and we're going back to Moses. Uh, Moses uh, had, been, uh, had been called by God in a burning bush to go to the land of Egypt and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And, and so he did. He went and did what God said. And Pharaoh said no. And Moses brought 10 plagues. God told him to do it. He called for 10 plagues on the land of Egypt that broke the Egyptians and broke their government and broke their power brought them to their knees before God and Pharaoh let the people go. And so now Moses has led them and then he led them across the Red Sea as it was parted and he got on the other side and then he went up onto the mountain to be with God. He was up there 40 days and 40 nights and the people didn't know what was going on. Matter of fact, they didn't know when that would end either. So they start freaking out and, 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 and doing things they shouldn't do because there are things you and I shouldn't do. And when Moses comes down, he's got the Ten Commandments written on tablets of stone by the finger of God. And here's something else you need to know. It's really important for what we're about to dive into. He's glowing. When he was in the presence of God, God's glory came upon him. And so he comes walking down. He doesn't even know he's glowing. And everybody's like, whoa, he's glowing. I mean, if it's dark and you need to read something, you go stand next to Moses, you know. And, and, and Moses found out whenever he got, went and was with God, and, and, and with the Lord, then what happened is he would come back and glow. But the longer he was away from the presence of God, the glow would fade away. It, it would go away because the glory was from God, not from Moses. By the way, the glory is in God, not in the law. Those Ten Commandments are awesome when they're focused on in the right way. I don't want to miss that. But later on, Moses would not only give the Ten Commandments, he would give 603 more commandments and that meant there'd be 613 commandments. And after a while, people are like, what are we going to do? 
They're, and they start to focus on the 613. Uh, God still wanted them focused on freedom, but, but the 613 uh, were actually meant to make their lives better, not worse. Uh, let me give you an idea. Deuteronomy 23, 23 had one of those commands. And that, that command was whenever you go to the bathroom, you're to dig a hole, go to the bathroom in the hole, and then bury it. And, and so no one could step in it. I don't know about you, that's a good idea. Uh, and, and you know what the modern day equivalent it is? Flush. <laughs> flush, man. You know, anybody else, amen. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't want to be around when you don't. And, and here's the thing. God shared some of those things, but not, not so they would focus on the rules. Not so they would get a snitch at, out, out and, 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 and report people. It was just so people's lives would be better. And he wanted them focused on freedom and grace. He set them free from Egypt, not to put them in bondage. And so what happened is, is now God, God has, has this group of people who start getting their focus wrong and they start getting onto rules and, and, and that makes them religious and God wanted a relationship. And, and so that's what happened there. And so then Jesus comes. So there's Moses in the Old Testament. Jesus comes and launches the new. Matter of fact, Moses was part of what's called the Old Covenant, Old Testament or Old Covenant. And Jesus comes and brings the new Testament, the new covenant that, that brings us to a, a way of living in grace and freedom. And so when Jesus comes, he begins to teach that, hey, all those 613 are important, but there's only two. If you do two, all the 613 will fall into place. You don't need to worry about them. Just do two things, love God and love others. I want you to love God, love others. And he said, if you do that, everything else is all taken care of. So there are some things that we'll do. And if you love God and you love others, you're going to live in freedom and you're going to live in joy and you're going to have fulfillment. By the way, I want to ask you a question real quick. How do you think you're doing on those two? Not, not to berate you, but would you say, yeah, no, I love God. I really love God and I love other people. And I'm active in that and living in that. And when you do, you're going to find yourself free because, see, Jesus came to bring freedom. Uh, Galatians 5.1 says this, it was for freedom that Christ set us free, which I think is such an interesting way to say it. It was for freedom that Christ set us free, free from sin and shame. By the way, getting ready, free from wearing a mask. We're going to get to that in a minute. Therefore, keep standing firm in that freedom and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery or rules. So that's what he said. I, I don't want you to be caught up in this bondage. I want you in freedom. And, and so if your focus is wrong, you could find yourself missing out. So Jesus wanted that to happen. Uh, and then Jesus did something else because I think this is so interesting how God does this. If you don't think God has a sense of, sense of humor, get ready. Jesus dies on the cross for our sins to set us free from shame and guilt and from our past. I'm going to talk about that at first step with me, about my past. Jesus freed me from my past. Then he rose from the dead. And then he, he gives birth to the church. And then Jesus, get ready for what he does. He takes the meanest rule follower there is. This guy was I mean, he was the rule follower. If you broke a rule, he was on you. Uh, if he, if back then, if there was the snitch app, he would have been reporting you and pointing you out and, and making sure everybody knew you broke the rules. And uh, he was a, a part of what they called the a Pharisee of Pharisees. Uh, uh, the Pharisees were rule followers to the hilt, and they always fought with Jesus and accused him of breaking the rules. And, and here's the thing. He, he was not only a Pharisee. He said he was the Pharisee of Pharisees, the rule follower of rule followers. And Jesus knocks that guy to the ground, blinds him for a period of time, and transforms his life. His name was Saul when that happened, but he was so changed, he, he changed his name to Paul. And he went from being the rule follower and the rule ruler, and he went from being the man of grace and freedom. And he kept being accused uh, of, of too much freedom and too much grace. And, and Paul is the one who wrote this letter called 2 Corinthians. And so now we're going to find something. Paul now trumpets that life with God is all about love, grace, and freedom. 
And, and he's going to say that in every letter he writes and everything. And everything he writes, God told him to. So Jesus takes him and says, I'm going to have you be a, a champion of grace and not rules and freedom and not legalism. And I'm going to do this with you. I, I'm going to give you the words to write. And you're going to write these words and change people's lives for the better. And so Paul finds out something. Paul finds out uh, that, you know what? While there are things we should and shouldn't do, that's for sure, that the laws and commandments, if they're looked at correctly, bring freedom, not bondage. And we need to live in freedom. But the only way that can happen is if certain things are true for you. And that's where we get to where Paul is in 2 Corinthians. And what is that thing that's true for you? Number one, our confidence should be in Jesus. Our confidence should be in Jesus. Now you might say, well, what does that mean? Our confidence is not in ourself. Our confidence is not in that what we do, it's what he does, what he did and what he does. He gives us power, he gives us leading, he gives us guidance, and the only way we can have a relationship with God, by the way, if you've been wondering, how do you have a relationship with God? In Jesus. And, and how do you have a great life? By having your confidence, not in you, your confidence in Jesus. Second Corinthians, here's where he goes. He goes, such confidence, and it's all about the confidence now, we have through Christ toward God, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything is coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. We're going to get in this idea of a new covenant here in a minute, uh, in the New Testament, new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. What is that letter? It's the letter of the law. It's the, the rules. The rules are all about following the letter of the law. And, and so what happened is he wants you to know you can't live in that. You've got to live in this new covenant, this new agreement with God. And that's where you only have your confidence in Jesus. And in John 15, 5, it says this, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And the, the branches have to be attached to the vine. He said, he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. By the way, we're living in a time where a lot of people find out they had their confidence in the wrong thing. Some of you had your confidence in your job and now you can't even go to work or you may not have any work to go back to. Some of you had your confidence in your money and guess what? That, that's not doing so well right now, is it? Some of you had a confidence in your financial portfolio <laughs> and if yours is like mine, I'm not looking right now because that good news is my confidence isn't there. And, and, and you know, some of you had confidence in relationships with your friends or, or your girlfriend or your boyfriend, but you can't even see them right now. Some of your confidence was in your marriage and, and you're quarantined together and it's getting pretty stressed. Some was your kids. And, and you know what is, is that's going to go by quickly. Some of you was possessions, but you know what? You're looking now saying all those things aren't worth, uh, not, not, they're not the things you invest your life in. There's actually got to be something more that gives value to those things. But if you don't have it, then in the end, you're going to find that's a wrong place to put your confidence. And the confidence has got to be in Jesus uh, because you want a great ma marriage. You got to know Jesus. I'm not kidding. Uh, matter of fact, there's research out there that backs up what I'm telling you, that those who live in faith, they have great marriages overall. And, and if you want, uh, by the way, to, to live your life with purpose and meaning, you need Jesus. If you want to find out who you really are, what you're meant for, you need Jesus. So your confidence needs to be in Jesus. And Paul warns us, he said, when you don't put your confidence in Jesus, you might put it in the letter of the law, uh, in religion, and in what you do, and that's going to, in the end, find a life that doesn't have meaning. So in 2 Corinthians, we're going back there. He says that he also made us, God also made us servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills what the spirit gives life. Now, I know right now, some of you might say, I'm not sure I get it. I'm about to give it. Uh, you're about to get it. I think you're about to get it. So, so let me give you an explanation to show you the difference and how the grace and freedom over rules and legalism is a better life to live. Kevin Zimmerman, a Milwaukee police officer, saw uh, um, I want to make sure I get her name right, uh, saw, um, 
He saw um, Lene, uh, Lachey Jackson, that's it, Lachey Jackson, uh, driving her car. So Kevin Zimmerman saw Lachey Jackson driving her car with her two kids in the back, but not in car seats. So being a police officer on duty, he pulls her over. And when he pulls her over and walks up to the car, she's crying. And she goes, please, I'm she goes, I am so sorry. She goes, I know the law, I know the law, but I don't have enough money for car seats. But if I don't drop my kids at daycare, I'm going to lose my job, then I can never do that. So I know, I know, and I can't can't afford a ticket. And he looked at her and he had a choice. He could give her a ticket or he did something else. He said, follow me. And he had her drive behind him and he went to the local Walmart. He went inside, bought her two car seats and installed them in the car and showed her how to safely put the children in it. Now I want to ask you a question. If he had been a rule follower focused on the rules, he would have given her a ticket, uh, incited her, and maybe even put her in a position to lose her children. Instead, what did he do? He went out and bought her two car seats and, and made it. And, and here's why. You ready? Why is that law there? Why is that law there? Why is the law there that says put your kids in car seats? Yeah, you know, here you, it's to protect the kids. So what did Kevin Zimmerman do is he honored the principle of the law by truly protecting the kids, not by giving the ticket. And I don't know about you. I think that's cool. And then they end up having a friendship out of that. Uh, she even starts posting about it and, and he starts loving on those kids. And, and so here's the thing about it. Because he showed grace, they, they end up in relationship. This is a big deal. If he had focused on the law and the ticket, they wouldn't have been friends. Now he gets a chance to affect them for the better and to get to know those two cute kids. You see, when you're focused over here, not over here, you find freedom and grace and relationship with God and relationship with others. And Jesus said there's two Two rules that, that you need to focus on. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. And when you do that, you're going to live an amazing, amazing life. So Paul warns us, the letter kills. The letter of the law kills. By the way, Christians who are out there, listen to me. Uh, uh, if you're one of those people about rules, 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 and there's a bunch of people, man, you, you, you bring in death. Uh, you, there are people who are not going to church today because of Christians that are that way. Uh, they won't set foot in the church because that's not, it's not even the true Christianity, but, but they won't set foot in. And that kind of rule following, that kind of letter of the law kills relationships, kills joy, takes away freedom. That's why Paul said something powerful. Paul said, don't you know that's a ministry of death? He said, it's a life and death decision to live the correct way. Freedom brings life. Grace brings life and love. The other brings death. And he says, you know what? When you do that, love is lost and it ruins your effectiveness for being a believer. And I've watched Christians start out right and get it so wrong. I, I know this one young guy, when he was in my college group, he was loving and on fire and he was winning people to Jesus. I, I felt like Pam and I said this, we go, it seems like every week he's leading somebody to Christ and they're thanking him over and over and over. He was baptizing people so much, man, this arm got big. And then he got involved in rules and legalism. He turned in one of the meanest, um, negative guys I think I know. And by the way, when he did that, I, I can tell you this, he never led, as far as I know, one more person to Christ. He drove a bunch of people away. He ruined a bunch of relationships. Uh, and you know what? I got to sadly say, I mean, I love this guy, but the last time I was around him, I wanted out as fast as I could. He had it so good. He was so right. And uh, by the way, when he did that, he ended up putting on a mask, acting like he was better than everybody else. Um, that was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I'm really concerned for him or anybody who gets that way. Galatians chapter 5, 4 says this. It says, you have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. That word severed is a powerful Greek word. The New Testament is written in Koine Greek. And that word literally means to be cut off, to be banished, to be rendered idle. I put up here, it's in the arrowist tense. It means at one point, you got so into those rules, God cut you off in that moment. But he cut you off from Christ. And you fall from grace. And I don't want that to happen to any of you. I really don't want you to. Have, it's, it's the worst way to live. 
And and so we don't want to be that way. So we need our confidence in Jesus, not in us. Our confidence in grace, not in rules. Our our living in freedom, not not in legalism or, or rules. So that's the first thing. Paul says, you know what? If you're going to live in this New Testament, New Covenant, uh, live with Jesus, it's got to have your confidence in Christ. And that's going to lift you up and, and, and cause you to soar. The second thing he says, you need your relationship to be with Jesus. So you need to have a relationship with him. You have to have your confidence in Jesus, but now you need to have a relationship with Jesus and that sets you free and and that gives you the right focus. And so God wants that for you. So what I want you to think about is what is a covenant? Now, what is a covenant? Because I want to answer that because we're talking about it. A covenant is an agreement. Uh, it's usually a more, uh, it's, it's a very clear agreement you make. Uh, Pam and I, when we got married, we entered into a covenant relationship. Uh, it's called marriage. Marriage is a covenant relationship. And, and I, I promised it I would love her because there's promises that come in a covenant. So I promised I would love her and she promised she'd obey me. <laughs> come on now. That, I got to get some chats down there. Yeah. Well, I want you to know one day I, we were first married. I walked into Pam and I looked at her and I said, I'm your husband and you're going to obey me. And I didn't see her for two weeks until my right eye kind of opened up from being punched. <laughs> Pam's watching now. and I know it didn't happen, but it's funny. Oh my gosh, it's funny. But you know what? Our relationship we entered was a covenant relationship that, by the way, set me free and didn't put me in bondage. Uh, I'm freer in the moment I married Pam than before I married Pam, being in that covenant relationship. And when I enter a covenant relationship with Jesus, it brings freedom and brings life and not death. So look what, how Paul words this. It gets a little complex. So lean in on this and read it later. But it, he says this, But if the ministry of death, which is the rules and the legalism, in letters engraved on stones. Now, now he's talking about the very Ten Commandments that were written by the finger of God. The people did something wrong. God gave them those commandments to be a treasure and to help them, and they began to worship them. He didn't want to, God didn't want the commandments to be worshiped. He was to be worshiped. He wanted a relationship with them. So when they switched their view over it, they ended up in a ministry of death. And he goes, but if that, those letters engraved on stone came with glory, they came with glory when Moses walked down, he lighted up, he showed forth so that the sons of Israel could not intently look on the face of Moses because of the glory of his face fading as it was. He glowed out, but it was fading as it was. He said, that was pretty incredible. But he says this, how will the ministry of the spirit, which Jesus brought, fail to be even more with glory? If the Ten Commandments had glory, Jesus came with more glory. And and here's the thing. If Moses glowed from a relationship with God, Jesus is God. He's the one, the light of the world. He shines out more. So so here's what he was saying. Moses saying, old or new, choose new, choose new, choose new. He goes, for if the ministry of condemnation has uh, has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. And it says, for indeed, What had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. Now, now I don't want to lose you. Paul is saying Jesus and the new agreement, the new covenant, the new Testament is way more glorious than the old. Now, we, we le- learn from the old. You can learn from the old, but we live in the new. So we need a whole Bible, but you learn from the old and live in the new. And that's what he said I want you to do. And then here's why. Because the new never fades away, and the old, the glory of it would. says, for if that which fades away with, uh, was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory. And so he said, I want you to have that which is permanent, not that which is fading. I want you to have that which is never, ever going to go away and is eternal eternal, that eternal relationship with Jesus, that uh, uh, calling to be that way. And so we need to live in that. And so what we want to do is not focus on the wrong thing. When we focus on the letter of the law, we usually get it wrong. Uh, I'll give you an example of that. The Bible teaches that there's a, uh, uh, the seventh day is the Sabbath and we are to take a Sabbath rest. And by the way, you can choose to do that every day with God or one day. But some people said, okay, then every day, uh, the seventh day is the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath, you do no work. Well, yeah, 
Yeah, God said, I don't want you to do any work. I want you to celebrate. I want you to feast. I, I want you to love. And you know what? People who are focused on the rule said no, because if you might accidentally do work. Uh, so turning on the TV, that's work. And God's like, no, that's celebration. By the way, I believe with all my heart that if Jesus were here on the earth today uh, and he were on, on, uh, was celebrating that moment on the Sabbath, he would turn on a football game. Uh, he'd probably watch the Rams. <laughs> the Bron no, I'm kidding. But, but here's the thing, is he would have celebrated. And, and what should have been the funnest day of the week where you take a day off and have fun with family and friends, people focused on the rules of it so much, it became the worst day of the week. It became boring and messy and, and it became lost the joy. And God said, I don't want you to do that. I do want you to have rest. By the way, I created you to rest. I do want you to have celebration. But that was, see, when that was actually, when you look, the rule was have rest and celebration. And they, they turned it into the letter of the law and ruined it. And, and it became a ministry of death and a ministry of condemnation instead of a ministry of the spirit and a ministry of life. And so he said, I, I don't want you to miss out on that. And then Paul said this, he said, I want you to, to know that you're going to find your freedom by having confidence in Christ, by having a relationship with Christ. But number three, you're going to find your freedom this way. Uh, number three, you're going to find your freedom when you take off the mask. When you wear the mask, you're not free. But when you take off the mask, you're free. Now, what does that mean? Your freedom is confidence in Christ, relationship in Christ, and being honest about who you are. Being honest about who you are, not putting on a mask not pretending you're something else. As incredible as Moses, Moses was, that glow thing got him. He got hooked on the glow. He started loving the glow. And he didn't want anybody to know he was losing that glow, that glow that he would only get when he was in the presence of God. So you know what he did? He put on a mask. He put on actually a veil. Now this is in the, the desert, the hot, arid desert. He's putting on something uncomfortable and irritating instead of living in freedom. And, and, and you know, a lot of people are putting on something. Notice what happened. Notice what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 to 16. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech because we could go, we're in Jesus and we have confidence in Jesus and relationship in Jesus. But we're not like Moses. He used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading. But their minds were hardened for until this very day at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because how is it lifted up? It's, un, it's lifted in Christ. It is removed in Christ. And, and, and what does that mean? It means when I'm living a life wearing the, a mask, uh, and I won't use Crossroads mask, but I, I'm wearing this mask. Uh, and, and, and I'm always walking around with this mask on. Uh, then what happens is you can't see who I am. You don't know if I'm smiling. You don't know if I'm mad. You don't know. And so I can hide behind the mask. And, and if I put on sunglasses more than ever, I can. And so what happens is I, I'm living this way. And you're not going to know the real Chuck. You're not going to know the real me. But I'm not going to be able to breathe as well. I'm going to get hot, irritated. My face is going to break out. And uh, God goes, take off the mask, Chuck. Let him see you. Be you. I uh, heard a man who was talking with another man and he said, why do, you think, why do you think you're wearing the mask you're wearing? See, we wear masks to hide ourselves. Uh, we, we have lots of ways to do it. We call those defense mechanisms. Uh, so no one knows who you really are, what you really fear, what you really crave, what you really think, what your motives are. And... Um, we get insecure that if someone sees all that, they're, they're not going to like us. And so that, that's what the guy said. He said, I think I'm afraid if I take off my mask, my defense mechanism, that you're not going to like me and no one's going to like me and I'm not sure what I'm left with then. Well, let me tell you something. God sees behind the mask. He already loves you. I think God even likes you. I think God likes you. But he likes you not wearing the mask. And so you got to take that mask off. Um, we know in counseling that people put on lots of masks. One mask they put on is called projection. 
And that's where you, you project how you're feeling on other people. So you know what? Maybe you're insecure, so you accuse everybody else of being insecure. You say, well, you know you're insecure. And they're like, no, I didn't know that. And the reason they're saying that is because they are. Or you know what? They might say, you know, that person hates me, and so I can't be around them. But the truth is you hate them. You're just not going to let people know you're hateful. And so we put on these masks, like projecting our feelings on other people, saying they're so judgmental, but you're the one being judgmental. Another mask people put on is called get ready to distortion. That's where you blow everything out of proportion. You know, maybe they said something that was a little bit hurtful, but man, oh, they they were mean and cruel and you can't trust them and, and they're always trying to stab me in the back. And by the way, do you know anybody who's like that? They're always blowing it out of proportion. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And maybe they didn't mean that way anyway. Another mask people put on, get ready for this, was humor. Humor. Everything's a joke. You get ready to, to start digging in with their feelings, saying, I need to know what's going on. You, you seemed a little concerned. You seemed like you were agitated. You, oh, and they just turn it into a joke. Just so you don't get too close. Another mask people put on is called scapegoating. It's everybody else's fault. You ever been around someone like that? Maybe not to be, don't point fingers right this second in the same room, but you know what? You've never heard them take responsibility or say they're sorry. It's always somebody else. Maybe it's always you. Scapegoating. Displacement. That's where you take it out on someone else. You know what? Right now you had a, maybe you are able to go to work and you had a bad day at work and, and rather than standing up for yourself at work, you come home and yell at your wife and yell at your kids. Kick your dog. How many dogs get kicked? Because somebody else had a bad day. And uh, you displace that and, and it's a way of not saying, hey, I'm, I'm really hurting inside or I'm really afraid or I really felt like I was disrespected. I, I felt like I was not appreciated. Or compensation, that's where you act the opposite of how you're really feeling so no one knows how you really feel. Some people are, are scared. They're really scared. They have so much anxiety, so much fear. And what do they do? They put on a front. Uh, they act like they're courageous and brave and, and, and they're not willing to admit that time where the fear is there. And by the way, for all of us, there's always a, a degree of fear somewhere that we're gonna deal with. That's why we need our confidence in Jesus. Maybe it's the number one one. Did you know what the number one one is? What's the number one mask people wear? It's called denial. Denial. It's where you, you just deny that there's an issue. Do you and I have a problem? No, no, we don't have a problem. Why would you think that? But we do. Um, you know, you seem to not be willing to take a time for us to get together. Is there something going on? Oh, no, no, I'm just busy. Um, you know, I, I reached out to you and I was hoping... No, 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 I, I didn't even see it. I'm, I'm Somehow the text didn't come through, the email didn't get there. And, and you're like, come on, you're just denying there's an issue. You know, you look at your husband or wife and say, I, are you okay with our marriage? Oh, sure. But you know marriage isn't good. You just deny, deny, deny. Those are all psychological masks. And by the way, they're more uncomfortable than the veil Moses wore. They're more confining, more restricting. And they, they end up causing you to live by this set of rules so you can hide. And they're not the legalistic pharisaical rules. They're these defense mechanism rules. And you just go more and more enslaved to this insecurity. But Jesus says, don't do that. Jesus said, come to me and take off the mask and let be yourself because you, you are worth loving. You, Jesus said, are worth dying for. I am, Jesus would say, I'm so glad I died for you because you matter, you're worth it. You're that valuable to me, but I want it to be the real you. Uh, uh, the you that has so many good things and, and so much potential and the you that sometimes doesn't get it right. The you that sometimes comes up short 
The you that sometimes, you know what? You're not always at your best. And Jesus has this thing that's called unconditional love where he couldn't love you more than he does. But you got to come and get it. You got to come and be with him. And when you do that, you get freedom and you get transformation. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, now the Lord is the spirit. By the way, if you know, when I said that God is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, he's all three and he's one God in all three. Well, this is one place we know that Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, where, where if you have the Holy Spirit in you, and when you become a Christian, God puts the Holy Spirit in you. What happens where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Uh, there's freedom. All of a sudden, rather than being a, in a, a religion with rules, you become in a relationship with love and you get freedom. But we all with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, justice from the Lord, the Spirit. He says, you know what? The more you look at Jesus, the more you're close to Jesus, just like Moses would get close to God and glow. He said, when you get close to Jesus, you start becoming more and more like him. And you start going from glory to glory. In other words, a little at a time, you're more like Jesus. You're more like Jesus. You're more like Jesus. And, and, and you find yourself more loving, more caring. You find yourself more confident, more courageous, more impactful in a good way. You find yourself more like Jesus. So Moses, when he walked away, it faded. Don't walk away from Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. It doesn't fade. It just goes more and more and more and more. And, and that's what he wants for you. That's what he desires for you. To be confident in him and his love for you and the life he has for you. To be in a relationship with him. And I want to ask you right now, are you in a relationship with Jesus? Because he loves you. He died on the cross so you could enter a relationship with him as your savior and your Lord and with God as your Abba father, your dad. That word Abba means dad. And where you're really in the Holy Spirit empowering you, the one God being your father and your Lord and, and, and the power in your life through the Holy Spirit that gives you freedom. And all that is real when you come into this relationship and it's transforming and it's freeing and it's about living in this freedom. And that's what you need now. That's what I need. So I'm going to ask you to, to think about where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? How close are you to him? Because you're as close as you want to be. Listen to me. You're as close as you want to be. And he, he wants you. He loves you. He cares about you. Some of you right now, you need to commit your life to Christ and open up to his love. You need to say, come, and I want to live my life with you, and I want to live my life for you. The Bible says the way that happens is you pray. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone would open up to me, I would come in to be with him and love him. So you need to open up to him right now. You need to, to pray a prayer where you say, come in, come in, and he'll come in. He won't turn away. He'll come in. Some of you need to pray that prayer for the first time. Some of you need to pray it to ask to recommit. Some of you need to pray because you need to be able to take off the mask, get the mask off, and just start being free and finding out how incredible you really are. And he'll make you new. He'll make you alive. He'll show you what you're meant for. And it's incredible. You just need to pray the prayer. You just need to pray the prayer. And so I'm going to ask you to pray that prayer and to say yes to God. And we'll pray it together. But I'm going to ask you to do this. We want it to be real. We want it to be real. We want you to really mean it. And so one way we can make it more tangible and more real is I want you to get out your phones right now or find a way to go to a message, uh, either on your computer, your iPad, your phone. And I want you to go to the message part of that. And I'm going to ask you to do this. I want you to text amen to 69922. Text amen to 69922. The word amen means for real. The word amen means uh, the truth. And, and what you're saying is I mean this. Truly I mean this. I'm going to pray this prayer. It's not just words. It's commitment. It's not just words. It's, it's asking for that love relationship, asking for that forgiveness, asking for that transformation. So right now, go ahead and text that in, meaning I'm going to do it. Pastor Chuck, I'm going to pray this with you. We're going to do this together. No matter where you are, God knows who you are. God loves you, but we're going to do this together. And I want to celebrate you. As people let me know that you prayed this prayer, I want to pray for you and celebrate you. 
So we're going to pray this prayer right now. We're going to say yes to God. Again, you can pray this for the first time. You can pray it to recommit. You can pray it as a couple. As a married couple, as, as, as friends, you, you could pray it. You could pray it with your whole family. And then if you do, text in the amen for your whole family. But you know what? This is our time to do this together. So I'm going to ask you right now, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and say amen. Amen. I mean this. Amen, Lord, I want you. Amen. I desire the life you have for me. Amen. I want the mask off. I want the freedom. So let me pray for you, and then we'll pray the prayer. Lord, I pray right now for people out there who you can see, who you love. I pray they're going to they're gonna say yes to you right now. By the way, all you who love the Lord, pray for people to say yes right now. Pray for them to say yes. And Lord, we do. We pray for them right now to be free from hurt, free from pain, free from bondage, free from their past. Some, some people need to be free from their past right now. There's a young guy, a college guy right now. They need, he needs to be freed from something that happened to him that uh, makes him feel like he can't love and he can't be honest. I pray right now, he's gonna pray this prayer and he's gonna find freedom. He's good. There's someone, Lord, who's, who's about to make a decision they shouldn't make. And, and, and Lord, if they could pray this prayer and get it right, they'll be saved from heartache and pain that's coming. I pray they're gonna pray this prayer right now. Father, I pray. I pray for people just to feel your spirit and be moved by you. God, I thank you for the person that just texted an amen. Praise God for them. And, and Lord, I know when they say these words, it's about to change. It's about to happen. So right now, we're going to pray that prayer. All of you who texted it in, if, even if you haven't, pray the prayer and then text it in. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. I pray you'll cleanse me and forgive me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything that would hold me back or hold me down. But most of all, say these words, most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. And if you haven't prayed anything else, get those words out. I say yes. I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours in Jesus' name. And get ready. Amen. We're going to say it together. Amen. And if you haven't texted it yet, text it in because we want to know who you are. I want to celebrate over you. Uh, the other people who just texted in, praise God. Man, we're so excited for you. But you know, right now, just say yes, say yes. And maybe you didn't pray the prayer. Thing. I should have prayed it. Text amen. God will know what you mean. And, and let us know that this is your moment. This is your time. And we couldn't be more excited for you. So I want to say thanks for being with us together. Uh, we want to connect with you at First Step. If you've never been baptized and you want to be, also text in that amen to 69922 and we'll get you information on that. But man, God loves you and may you know his love. So as we get ready to close, may God be with you. May the Holy Spirit be upon you. May his peace overwhelm you in this season and may you be filled with his joy. And Casey has some closing thoughts. God bless you guys. Hey, thanks again for watching this message. And if you're watching outside of Corona, California, where our campus is, I want to personally invite you to gather your friends and your family to be part of our extended family by joining us right here online again next week. We're live on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. So if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss out on new messages from Crossroads. If you found yourself thinking, I wish so-and-so was watching this right now, this message is for them, then hit that share button and send it to them so they can be encouraged. And finally, if your life is being impacted by the ministry of Crossroads, and if you want to be part of making an impact all over the world, then you can text GIVING to 69922 to make a financial gift today. Well, thanks again for watching. We'll see you again next week.